You are listening to Agriculture, a podcast that interviews a range of inspirational people from the farming community with a whole host of interesting tales to tell. Coming up in today's episode. I think it's it's going to be completely fundamental to try and reduce the average age of farming and introduce more people to it. You know, going to college is a huge time commitment. If it's not necessarily something that everybody can commit to, but yeah. the modern apprenticeship has a lot more flexibility to allow people to, like I say, dip their toe in the water or jump straight in. You know, there's lots of different levels to the apprenticeship. Yeah, I think it's a great way to go. I'd recommend it to, to anybody. I'm Mary Jane Laurie, and in this episode, I'm joined by Lawrence Martin from a wet and windy Stirlingshire. Lawrence was a new entrant to farming, and after doing an HNC in agriculture at college, he started an apprenticeship with Lantra and SRUC. The apprenticeship gave him the opportunity to get out on farm and ultimately become a farm manager. He tells us of his farming journey, how the apprenticeship scheme works, and how you can get involved in the scheme. Hi Lawrence, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell me a bit about your background? Are you from a farming family? Hi Mary Jane, thanks very much for having me. Um, no, I am I'm definitely not from a farming background. I think the closest thing my family gets to farming is is, is probably country file or uh, this farming life. Um, <laughs> uh, no, my, my background's very mixed. I left school and uh, had a, a very wide range of different jobs from hospitality to recruitment. I worked for the lifeboat service for a little while um and in project management in in contact centers and uh came into farming about seven years ago when i did a, an hnc in agriculture uh outridge college so what was it about agriculture from having had that background of totally not an agricultural background and the various jobs quite a varied career it sounds like what was it about agriculture that appealed to you and made you decide to do that hnc uh, i've been asked that question quite a few times and Without sounding too cliche, I think it's just in my blood. I've I've always I've always wanted a farm. That's what I've always been interested in, but naively thought that the only way to farm was to be born in a in a farming family. And you know, it's an it's something that you inherit uh, and you and you take from your, your parents or your family. So when I when I started to educate myself on what is a new entrant and and the possibilities is when I started to pursue it a little bit stronger. You started your HNC. What were the next steps for you to getting that role in agriculture after college? Well, I, uh, using social media, had made a few contacts with uh, with farmers and uh, had the opportunity to come and work for the, the lady that I work for at the moment, Day Tucker. The next step for me was either to do my HND or the modern apprenticeship, uh, which mm-hmm. is the, the options that I chose. So it was the the option to take that sort of academic learning from HNC and put it into into practice while still learning and to quantify what I was learning along the way with with that qualification and earn money, which was really important as a, a little bit more of a mature student, if you like. So how does that apprenticeship work then? Is it from Lantra? Is that who runs it? And then with SRUC, how, do, how did the logistics of it work? Did you have to apply to the scheme or was there a certain number of spaces available? Yes, it was... Lantra was the were the people that put together the package in conjunction with SRUC and I was somebody who I now know stood out as, as somebody who was very enthusiastic about agriculture and, and obviously my story was quite inspiring to others so I was approached as, a, as an option to do my modern apprenticeship with some some funding for um, again I don't like it saying it but mature student only because <laughs> I was over 25 that's what they called a mature student so that was quite nice 
and uh, yeah, so there, there is obviously limited funding for that, and there was an application process still to be completed to make sure that I was, a, you know, an appropriate candidate, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, I was successful. A big binder with, with lots of information appeared at the door with a very uh, kind gentleman who uh, was my assessor who came sort of every four to six weeks and picked relevant topics. And it was for me to demonstrate my understanding and to use the, the new connections through being at college and uh, being here on the farm and other farmers to try and to learn a lot of that with the material that I was given and demonstrate my understanding and my comprehension. So through the apprenticeship, did Lanter or SRUC then match you up with suitable farmers or was it the onus on you to go and find places to go and get that experience? Yeah, the, the help was was very much offered as somebody who's quite extrovert and uh, willing to go and knock on doors and, and pester people for, for help and advice. Uh, I was able to utilise a lot of the, you know, the skills that I'd had from previous jobs and um, and do a bit of networking and attend a lot of visits, uh, sorry, a, a lot of events from the Farm Advisory Service, SAC, SRUC, Soil Association, um, NFU. And and I really kind of met a lot of people through that. And again, you know, Day Tucker here, she's been tremendous uh, introducing me to her network of, of people that she's known since she started farming. She's very empathetic. She's a new entrant as well. So uh, even more mature student, she won't mind me saying, um but she 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 bought the farm about uh well 23 years ago now and that was always her dream uh as she sort of semi-retired in inverted commas took on took on farming so she kind of empathized with the challenge and and uh, you know she had a fantastic network of people that she she put me in touch with so that was very valuable so she's almost a, a kindred spirit and she was pro- presumably at the stage where she was looking for a bit more help with work and then then you came along so tell me what was that relationship like to begin with? How did you start working for her and how did you become into the role that you're in now? Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's the story that a lot of people like to hear because it's one that really needs to be, it needs to be repeated. Day was coming to a way past natural retirement age. I know she's comfortable with me saying that because I've repeated the story quite a few times. <laughs> and um labor intensive element of farming was becoming very much of a challenge you know she had contractors here and there that she she tried to rely on but obviously you know contractors are very busy and it's hard to pin them down and you know she was looking for someone to to mentor i met day through twitter and one day she said i'm sorting through lambs come over and see what what's all about i was very very green you know all sheep were white and that's that's pretty much the extent of it for me. Yeah. And um, but I came with a huge amount of knowledge of you know business and IT, mm-hmm. you know organization and, and and data analysis and all that sort of stuff. So I was able to give her all that knowledge and experience, help her with performance recording on the farm and, and a bit of business acumen to help make a little bit more money if that's possible. And you know through my studies and through her and and umpteen different courses I was able to to go from being a bit of a greenhorn to be a bit helpful to being sort of on on a par with with day and now you know as she should she is a lot more relaxed and hands-off and and I'm now her farm manager and have been for uh, the last few years full-time running the place and building up a flock of my own and a a herd of my own so yeah it's, it's really gone from not knowing anything to to now being able to talk to others and, and share some experience and talk to them about what, what 
what we specialize in here. I think that's an interesting story and probably a bit of a misconception for people that are considering taking on an apprentice, that they're going to have to spend a lot of time and money and effort getting them up to speed so that they're able to help on the farm. But there's that other side that you just mentioned there that you've got other skills like with farming that are fully applicable to farming life, like the IT and business management performance recording. And it sounds like it's been a really beneficial relationship for both of you. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, there's uh, everybody jokes who's a farmer, they have to be uh, a jack of all trades. Um, But there's there's tons of transferable skills that that you pick up from out with farming that, that are so relevant and actually there's a lot of skills in farming that are missing and a lot of them are computer and IT skills that a lot of farmers haven't had the opportunity to develop and that's where obviously farming is, is very much bracing technology and requires a huge amount of technology to, to be implemented to, to keep farms running smoothly and efficiently and, and profitably um, and it's a skill that is just is lacking heavily but is out there from from other industries so so hopefully there's a there's an overlap there somewhere and that's certainly where I've been able to thrive. So tell me what the farm was like when you first started to come to work for day versus what it's like now how what was it like to begin with and how have things changed? Sure um, day has always been very focused on regenerative farming um, and farming in a very responsible way she feel like she had a had a responsibility in this you know beautiful farm close to markets and abattoirs and things to make sure that she produced a good product in an ethical way um so that's that's not something that i've had to add to and actually i've learned a huge amount from and i've embraced it but they invest heavily in okay. equipment and you know all the recording equipment and things but it was not, not being utilized not not to even a percentage of its uh, of its potential so um lots of paper Lots mm-hmm. and lots of paper, and uh, she'll laugh when she hears me say that because there's folder after folder after folder. And Day was striving to try and do this performance recording type way of farming to be as efficient as possible. Um, so I was, you know, like I said, I was able to embrace all that technology and embrace that sort of desire for her to 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 do all that and implement it in a way that it was effective. Uh, invest a little bit more tactically in the things that are going to make the biggest difference. Um, so now we're able to take that desire and, and Day's ability to invest and, and really make it into something that's profitable, I say hesitantly, as it is farming, but, you know, it's working well, you know, the health of the flock and, and you know, what we're actually being able to achieve is, is quite tangible, so it's just fantastic. So is it just sheep that she's got or has she got any cattle or arable as well? Um, no, it's, it was always a sheep. Uh, sheep farm when I arrived mm-hmm. early days it was uh, a livery but that okay. was to they didn't have a single farm payment so the livery was to help uh, sort of fund the farming dream mm-hmm. and I introduced cows okay uh, it was something I was I was very uh, motivated to do Dave was keen on cows but physically it wasn't something that she thought was viable so when I when I came on and and was able to help with some of that physicality uh, she sort of helped me push that that motivation and uh, got myself some Galloways and uh, got some uh, Highland Crosses from from sort of four Galloways I've now got just shy of 40 40 cows Um, yeah it's it's exciting and actually the cows have really really helped with our our grazing routine we do a lot of uh, rotational grazing and strip grazing we're very very careful about anthelmintic use and again Mm -hmm. the cows with that sort of cross grazing uh, it's helped us reduce that even more so 
yeah, it's fantastic. That mobile fertilizer spreaders as well. So yeah, it's it's great. We're, we're sort of diversifying slightly and able to utilize the grass that we've got here a little bit better. So why did you pick those breeds over others? I um I have definitely embraced that regenerative farming sort of attitude that they has the native breeds, a smaller animal, a lot less impact on the ground. Poaching doesn't tend to happen. They're a lot, lot lighter and and they're designed for the sort of the wet. We've got a lot of wet here. Um, <laughs> and um, they're slower growing. I think it's, you know, I don't have the cost of, you know, there's it, we're very shed rich here. So we've got great cattle courts and sheds. And, um, and I think a lot of farmers would have continental breeds and the sheds would be full four, five, six months of the year with those particular cattle and, um, you know, rightly so, feed, silage, straw, all that sort of thing would, would go into those cows and that comes at a great cost. So I was able to produce beef very ethically, we're not organic, but with organic principles, slower growing, you know, native breeds, better on the ground. And actually I can now have empty sheds that I um, B&B other people's cattle with. So I'm able to produce my beef and make a little bit of money from those sheds instead of costing me money. Very good. So are your cattle out all year then? Do you bring them in for calving or anything or are they outside nope. the whole time? No, they were outside the whole time. The first time I carved them, I was just like any new dad. And um, <laughs> I, I did bring them inside because I wanted to keep an eye on them, put a camera on them. I was yeah. in every five seconds, but uh, not because they needed it. It was more because I needed it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, they've done very, very well. The calves coming out of them are tremendous. And I bought myself a white bread shorthorn bolt. I'm very keen on the blue gray. That seems to be a popular sort of breed with a, you know, a, a bigger bigger breed with the white bread shorthorn and the blue gray seems to be very popular in, in lots of areas of the country so I'm hopefully going to utilize that market as well. And are you fattening the progeny or are you selling them store? We're still reasonably early with the cows so I think they're going to go store. I don't mm -hmm. think I'm going to have the infrastructure or the, enough cows to make it viable, a viable business to finish them. I think yeah. I'll let somebody else do that who'll do that probably very very well. A few cast cows have gone they've done they've done very well either at the abattoir or the market. So, you know, there's there's options there for me. But at the moment, I think I'm just going to take them to the level, the store level and try and maintain a manageable level of cattle on the, on the farm. Going back to sort of the idea of the apprenticeship then to you becoming farm manager, what was that transition like? Was it quite a gradual process and how involved were you at the start? Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was, uh, I was still working uh, on my office job for sort of four days a week. Um, and working on the farm three days a week. So there was very much a, a financial sort of balance there and an educational mm -hmm. balance and making sure I had the right experience. And yeah, so it was very much progressive. And eventually, you know, I was sitting thinking, I was talking to my wife and I was talking today and I said, you know, I can't keep doing both. It's not really sustainable for, uh, hope. you know, we wanted to have a family and obviously this mythical thing called a day off. And um <laughs> So I, you know, I spoke today. I spoke to my wife, and I said, "Look, I've got to, I've got to make the leap. I've either got to say farming's great, and it'll always be a hobby. You know, I'm going to stick to sort of the corporate world, or I've really got to make the jump and make farming work." So I was very lucky that I could take a career break from the office job, and day was very comfortable at allowing me to try and make the farm work for you know, inflating the amount that they'd have to pay out for a salary for myself, mm -hmm. and. Uh, that was three years ago and I'm still getting paid. So something's going right, which is good. 
So and, you're more of a um, farm manager role in a contract farmer or an employee yeah. at this stage. You're, you're still an employee, but you've got much more control. Absolutely, yeah. And I've had the opportunity to grow my own enterprise as well with uh, sheep and cows of my own. So it's a great position okay. to be in. So how does that work then with your own livestock? Are they on day's farm or have you taken additional grazing elsewhere? No, that's right. I was given a small small tenancy as, as part of the farm for me to experiment and again an opportunity to learn and um from from wins and mistakes which was great um mm -hmm. but again like i said you know the cows are very much part of the farm and they, they're used for rotational rotational grazing and pasture management and and management of worms and, and cocks and things so and the sheep again they're just sort of a, a, a floating flock okay they're in amongst with the, the carboneth flock so yeah they all just sort of mingle in it's a it's a, it's a good exercise quite tricky to keep track of who's is who's well, it's not too, well with with our performance recording and all our tags and everything that we do. My tags are a particular color, so ah, okay, it works quite well. You know, as they come, we we've got a fantastic handling system for the sheep. So as they come through, you know, the wayhead tells us exactly who they are, and you get to know them. You get to know your sheep. People always think that's funny, but well, the, my non-farming friends think they all look the same, but no, you get to know which one's yours. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like anything. If you're working with them day in, day out, you do you do get to know them. I think that's particularly yeah. true of people that are like handling cattle, like in a dairy or something that they're yeah. handling them multiple times a day. You definitely yeah, get absolutely. to know them, and and they're all different. They have their characters, don't they? They're they're beings. Yeah, yeah. Would you say then, having had that experience now of the apprenticeship and to where you are now, do you think an apprenticeship is a good way for young people or or people that are changing career to get into? farming and you know is it is it possibly a way to to bridge that gap with the aging farming population and, and the problem that we seem to have of not enough staff that are skilled or and available to work on farms yeah absolutely i think from my experience uh, you know I've, i tried to get involved in the new entrants and the land matching service and things that there isn't there isn't a shortage of people wanting to get into farming or experience farming or or dip their toe in the water it's the other end of the scale that there is a little bit of a little bit of difficulty with farmers willing to give people the opportunity and i think the apprenticeship is a great way of doing that it's a great way of people being able to still actively work and earn a living while they are experiencing farming and learning what they need to know it gives the, the farmer a bit of structure for that person coming on to the farm because i think it's probably quite a daunting experience to have somebody who's who's you know a bit of a greenhorn and doesn't know anything about farming not and, and and the responsibility of teaching them everything they need to know or the frustration possibly if i can say that mm -hmm. um of, of teaching them the basics whereas the apprenticeship gives them that it gives them something that they they can structurally work through to understand the the different intricacies of, of farming and all the different parts of the industry so i, I think it's it's going to be completely fundamental to try and reduce the average age of farming and introduce more people to it you know, going to college is a huge time commitment. If it's not necessarily something that everybody can commit to, but yeah. the modern apprenticeship has a lot more flexibility to allow people to, like I say, dip their toe in the water or jump straight in. You know, there's lots of different levels to the apprenticeship. Yeah, I think it's a great way to go. I'd recommend it to, to anybody. And is the apprenticeship just for a year and then after that you're kind of on your own or can you schedule different lengths of it depending on your work-life balance? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's very much a conversation that you have at the time of, of, you know, exploring the apprenticeship. They kind of say, look, this is this is the period of time that we have to have you to have completed it by. But mm -hmm. really, 
and, and you know that can be two years two and a half years but actually you can do it at your own pace within that period of time I, I was able to complete it in nine months because obviously oh, wow. I was here okay. on farm and I've you know I was really driven I had the time I commit the time to do it and I had the you near know, the network of people to help me expedite the process so um and, and obviously the HNC you know the background of that helped me a lot too but you know that that kind of gives you an idea of how flexible really it can be you can get through it nice and quickly if you if you can commit but you know really it can be spread out over a period of time if you need it to and you sort of mentioned earlier there about you've seen possibly the problem with aging farming population being that people aren't willing to take on apprentices or or new starts because they've got that that feeling that they might be starting from scratch and spending a lot of effort trying to train someone up do you think that's the main barrier for people? Obviously, that's not the case with Day because she was a new entrant herself, so she understands where you're coming from. But for maybe farmers that are listening and they're thinking, actually, I could maybe an apprenticeship might be a good idea for me, but I'm not sure. What would you, what would you say to convince them? I would say you'd be very surprised at the transferable skills that the individual bring with them that will mm-hmm. will will help, and the ideas that they'll bring with them. And the way that they'll probably make you think differently about the way that you're farming or why you're doing things and inject new energy and, you know, new enthusiasm to what you're doing and see it as a huge reward that, you know, decades or generations of knowledge that might not be passed on to somebody within the family, you know, the enjoyment of passing that on to somebody into coming into farming with that kind of focus and enthusiasm is, you know, hugely rewarding. And there's lots of support, you know, uh, um, SIUC, SAC, um, land, you know, there's lots and lots of support, not just for the for the apprentice, but but for the farmer who's taking them on, you know, to make sure that there is that level of structure and security. And it's absolutely a given, you know, if you're thinking you might need a little bit of help and you want to pass on some knowledge and you want a bit of structure and bringing somebody on, and it doesn't have to be a new entrant. You know, it could be somebody from a farming family who isn't able to, you know, there isn't the size of farm for them to be employed there or they you know want to diversify away from one particular type of farming into another it's a tremendous way of bringing somebody onto the farm with with a bit of security and and help and you mentioned Lantra there and I read that you help promote their courses and they seem to offer a huge range of courses so what sort of courses have you done alongside your apprenticeship that you felt have benefited you I get comfy (laughs) um (laughs) well you know is a hugely diverse range of courses. I've done my, my chainsaw certificate, my ATV certificate. I became an ATV instructor. I was offered to become a, a chainsaw instructor. I've done my my different sprayer certificates, my PA1, PA2, my four, my six. Um, I've done health and safety. I've done, uh, I'm about to go on a, a sheep pregnancy scanning course at the end of October on a social media course you know a lot of businesses is, is growing through social media and marketing through social media so they've even put you on a course how to to utilize you know taking a good picture but then how to share it and how often all this sort of complexity um, mm-hmm. which was quite eye-opening but Lantra do everything from all land-based courses from um, horticulture agriculture aquaculture equine small animal nursing it's it's really diverse. I'm quite passionate about Lantra and what they're trying to do for all land-based industries. Yeah, they're they're a big advocate for for agriculture and and everything that we we have to do to to keep the um the environment safe and ticking over. You know, they 
guys that work for the council and even just you know keeping the, all the paths clear the parks everything lanter is involved in in keeping everybody well trained and and maintained everybody safe it's tremendous all those certificates and qualifications that you've got then through lanter did you have to pay for those yourself or were they funded as part of the apprenticeship yes as part of the apprenticeship you get two courses that are fully funded for you and you can just pick from a menu of different courses that is relevant to your experience or maybe with the farm you're working on or the you know the career path that you want to go down within agriculture or like I say aquaculture. What would your top tips for someone starting out in farming be? Oh my top tips. Try and network as much as you possibly can. The more people you know and the more people you can talk to easier life is going to be you know you you always need your next door farmer or you always need a bit of advice from from somebody else that you know don't do it the way they've always done it is probably (laughs) my biggest piece of advice yeah um just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean it's the right way so i would like i said just gain as much experience as you possibly can knock on as many doors as you possibly can and and don't be put off by people not wanting to give you a chance because there's hundreds of people that do want to give you a chance um, social media is very powerful join the nfu join landra mm-hmm. speak to the sac office that's it's closest to you they're all very very friendly and uh, willing to point you in the right direction uh, and get some formal education i would say is is very, very important whether or not it be <laughs> apprenticeship or, or college or university I, I think that's a really good way to start and finally, Lawrence, what's next for you? What's your next goal in life? Well, very exciting news. Um, just a couple of months ago, I got offered a, a tenancy of my own. So I will be sadly, but excitingly, but dauntingly leaving Carbeth and moving east um, to 160 acres of a farm that I'm going to be tenanting and working for a good friend of mine just slightly south of that uh, on an arable farm. So that's that's my next big step is asking my wife to be patient with me again as we up sticks and <laughs> move move again so that we can you know take that that's the that's what the goal was always is is to have a farm to to tend on my own and and farm for my own on my own right so I'll be leaving you know what it's been my home for a long time and what started off my farming career and uh you know trying to start out for myself um which is which is good it's great I mean that's that's what can be achieved you know in in just seven years so hopefully that helps to inspire others who who want to give it a go to can be done absolutely I'm sure it'll be an emotional time leaving day in the farm that you've come to to love and and make your own but as you say that opportunity to to have somewhere of your own and uh, to work hard to get to that point must be I feel like a real achievement yes no it is fantastic I feel a bit emotional now to be honest yeah, it is a big achievement, but I've got a lot of people to thank for that. And, and Dave is, a, is is one of those people for sure. Been the main reason I've been able to achieve it and get to where I where I am so quickly. So, yes, it will be um, it will be it will be a sad day to leave, but uh, I'm not I'm not too far away for her to pop over for a coffee, and I'm sure she'll be there plenty. <laughs> so that that'll be nice. Yeah, well, congratulations. That sounds like a fantastic opportunity, and thank you very much for your time today. Thank you ever so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Agriculture. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find our contact details in the show notes. If you'd like to read more about Landra and the apprenticeship scheme, you can find a link to the website in the show notes. This episode was presented by me, Mary Jane Laurie, produced by Kerry Hammond, and edited by Ross McKenzie, 
in association with the Scottish Government. The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.